Good morning. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the How I Built It show here at the Lister Pro Studio in Tempe, Arizona. Um, this is a big win for us today because Friday we had a ton of technical errors. I know everybody's so sad because they didn't get to see Bryson Taggart, who's now in Hawaii enjoying life. And Bryson, who I talked to earlier, was reading a book on his balcony in Maui, looking over the ocean. So I know you'd rather be here doing your makeup show, but we're going to have Bryson probably on next week. We hope you're having a great vacation. So this week we have, we're, we're mixing it up a little bit. We're doing two afternoon shows. We usually do our show Friday morning at 10 o'clock, um, but we're going to do a makeup show today with my good friend now, we actually met each other just a few weeks ago, Jason Giroux. And then tomorrow we're having another show with uh, one of my best friends, Josh Wallace, flying in from Oregon um, to talk about just fear, fear in general, um, which will kind of go along with today's show with Jason. Um, but before we get started, we got to do a quick shout out to our sponsors. So quick shout out to Empire West Title. Seth Band is the rep over there. If anybody needs any title work or just some new marketing rep, call Seth. Uh, big shout out to Empire West in general. We have a, a seller uh, signing in down in Mexico, has to drive seven hours to the embassy, and Empire West is taking care of it. So uh, shout out to them. They go above and beyond. Uh, next, Abe Bond from Insurance Professionals of Arizona. Abe's awesome. If you need a quote on any cars, homes, rental properties, dogs, cats, whatever you want, life insurance, I'm sure Abe has a, a product for it. So make sure to call him. And then last but not least, Yvonne Hunter from Platinum Home Warranty. Yvonne is awesome. Hey, Billy Santiago said, the Jason Giroux, my IPS mentor. Oh, that's true. That's from back in my IT sales days. He was Do you know I know Billy? You know Billy? My, my wife went to school, elementary school with him. That's pretty crazy. It's a small world, very small yeah. world. Um, but Platinum Home Warranty, trust me, going into summer, ACs are starting to crap out. Jason uh, manages over 100 properties, and I'm sure you run into it on a daily basis. So make sure to have your home warranties in place. They expire after a year, usually after you buy a house, and you probably forgot about it. Trust me, it'll save you thousands of dollars if that AC craps out. Um, and then obviously the show is brought to you by the Augustiniac team at Prime Lending. If you guys have any questions on home lending, refinancing, anything in general, uh, direct message me or email me. You'll find me somewhere online. I don't know. But big win today. We're super excited. We got the original studio working. We wanted to have Jason in our new studio with the comfy chairs. He's I'm disappointed. He's man, disappointed. We, he made a comment about the chairs, and Karma brought him to the uh, to the office red chair. So we're back in the original studio. Hopefully, we'll have the new studio working tomorrow. But it doesn't matter because we're super excited to have Jason on. Um, as a reminder, if you've never tuned into the show, make sure to subscribe on Apple. The show is live on Facebook. But if you don't know what the show's about, the show's about local entrepreneurs, uh, small businesses. Honestly, you don't even have to be a small business owner. Somebody with a cool story, um, because you know, there's so many podcasts out there about entrepreneurship, um, you know, hearing the stories from CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And I wanted to tell a story about people in your local community um, because that's easier to relate to. So depending on where you are in life, what you're trying to do, um, any, any uh, anybody you can relate to on a, on a more personal level in your community, that's what the show's about. So telling those people's stories. And I think today is an awesome story because we have somebody who's living it right now. Uh, in Jason, Jason Giroux, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks you said you said here. you said you were first date 
nervous? First date kind of nervous. That's good. I don't know. I'm glad I bring those nerves. Yeah, I don't know. Most people are nervous when they come on the show for the first time. I think it, the audio is okay. Yeah. It's the video component yeah. that makes me like, oh, no. What if I make some weird move or something I like know, that? I know. You don't know who's watching right now. Right? You There's probably don't. millions. That's what I heard millions, about your show. Millions. Hopefully yeah. one day. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so we'll get to – I want to preface your story with what I was talking about in the sense of Jason's living that that – that risk-taking life right now. And, and the title of the show is Taking a Leap of Faith because Jason, congratulations, just started his own brokerage. Correct. And we met for coffee yesterday and you were telling me about your story and and you've you've done it all. Maybe not all, but I've done a you've lot. You've done a lot. Yes. You've done a lot. So why don't you, like, to get to the brokerage side and and why and how and the risk that you take, the back and forth, which I'm sure every everybody's had when starting a brokerage, and the fact that you're managing what over 100 properties now, um, where'd you come from? Like, like back it up and, and kind of lay the foundation. Well, I've never, despite my size, I've never played professional football, so I haven't done it all. So that's good. But um, I, I there's still time. I don't think so. Not at my <laughs> age. I don't know who's going to hire me. Maybe that uh, now defunct AAF league or whatever would, there you go. would hire me. Anyway, flag um, football. That's what flag football leagues are for. That's true. It's for all of us suburbanites that think they can play football. There you go. Anyway. I got, it's like men's men's basketball league. It gets so heated sometimes. I play yeah. in those. I play pickup at just at the gym, and it gets heated. Still with that, gets heated. So, yeah. I know. So uh, I mean, I'll, I gave you a long story yesterday. I'll give you a long story short today. Okay. Um, I uh, actually uh, went to school at NAU. Met my wife up at NAU. Um, we actually got married and had our first son by the time we were twenty. So uh, what that did was obviously bring a new blessing into our life, but also make me reevaluate kind of what I was doing yeah. from an education standpoint. And even in college, I kind of couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. I think I changed my major seven times or something like that. Um, but I was working 60 hours a week and taking 15 credits. And so I said to my advisor, what am I close to? Like, I, and I you have a wife and a kid at this wife point. Wife and kid at home at the same time, yeah. So I'm telling, I'm telling the advisor, hey, here's what's going on. What, where am I at? He's like, well, do hotel restaurant management you've got your credits kind of line up and i was like all right well because that's what i was doing in work so i was like sure that sounds good and i enjoyed the work and everything so i graduated with a hrm degree from nau i worked for a year for a, a restaurant in town um and uh, i didn't really care for it and they could tell that i couldn't didn't care for it so we kind of had a mutual go different directions yeah. at the end of that first year isn't it that awkward feeling when two two people involved in something know you just don't want to be near each other don't want to be a part of it I enjoyed the people. It was just the the sixty hour work weeks. With uh, by that time, I had my second son at twenty two, so you know somebody calls in, you're stuck for four hours. If you're the manager, you got to yeah. work that shift. So, yeah. just didn't really jive with the home life. So, um, left there, went and did IT sales for a while. That's where I know Billy from. Billy, um, Mr. Basketball, Billy. Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, I don't know if he's still Mr. Basketball. Back then, he was a big deal basketball wise. Oh so, yeah, you know. Um, so I knew him from there, uh, sold to nonprofits all over the country for IT products, hardware and software. Um, left there, went and worked uh, at, the t at the time my son was diagnosed with autism when he was three. And so we started really immersing ourselves in that world, the disability world. And um, an opportunity came up with the Governor's Council on Developmental Disabilities. And I went over to work for them as a community liaison, did some grassroots advocacy, things like that. That morphed into a PR director role with them. And then... Uh, when that uh, opportunity kind of faded, uh, it was time to decide what I was going to do. And I tried to jump back into IT sales again. But if you're gone for four or five years from that world, you can't jump back in real easily because you yeah. got you to gotta learn everything again. Well, it's all time, timing, right? Because people people need IT at certain times. It's like it's like home sales, almost like 
you've got to time the right the right moment when that person is ready to sell a house or buy a house. Yeah, most of the organizations were still buying. It was just that all of my contacts from four years ago were most of them weren't there anymore. It was a very cyclical field that people moved in and out of. So yeah. I did that for a very short time for HP. And then I actually went to work for Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor, uh, went through their one year program a little over a year actually. And uh, I'm not the finance guy necessarily. I'm more the, the people person, the sales guy. So yeah. I was, I filled the role of getting us into the appointment. And then I had a partner that was more of the money mind that kind of helped us close some business. But um, it's tough to make it in that industry in general. And especially at Merrill, it's just a very, there's a lot that, that's required of you to be successful yeah. there. And um, not being a money guy didn't really pan out too well. Props to any financial advisors who are making it out there. Right. Because you are a diamond a dozen. It is, yeah, a dime a dozen and it's super, super competitive. And then it's, you're asking people to move like their life savings basically yeah. and let you just, yeah, you can give me that. all, give me all my money to manage. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that didn't really work out too well. Uh, during this time though, even at the governor's council, I had started, I got my real estate license in 2007 because I'm smart and I did it right before the crash, which yeah. is a brilliant move. If you're trying to start a new business, do it right before the market. I feel like Doesn't subconsciously, like you're like in this, in the restaurant field, that's customer service and, and time management and managing the food and all this stuff. And then you do the finance for a little bit, you dabble in there, which is just a cutthroat industry. And then you do the IT. Like, I feel like you're just subconsciously brewing yourself to be successful in real estate. I learned a lot for yeah. sure. And uh, one of the main things you learn in sales is that your favorite word becomes next. Because some, you know, you're working a deal and somebody disappears. You're like, all right, I guess next, who's, <laughs> who's up now? So. That really helps in real estate because yeah. that happens a lot, unfortunately. Um, so I'm a part-time realtor during all that. Uh, I actually left Merrill. I went and worked for a nonprofit, uh, Orchard Africa, for a short period of time. And uh, at that time, my current broker sold his business and the business that it was sold to wouldn't offer property management. And so it was kind of like, well, you can do your own thing or you can go work for someone else. So how, I, when you were doing the real estate part-time, did you, how did you start it's, I mean, not many people decide, oh, I want, even though I'm a realtor, I don't want to just do the buying and the selling. How did you, what made you want to do the property management? Did somebody ask you to do it? It was by accident. It was a client I sold a home to that turned and said, Hey, do you guys do property management? And I was working for a very small brokerage at that point. And there the were I think, was six yes. of us. And I went to the broker and I said, do we do that? And she's like, do you want to? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. She goes, okay, yeah. go for it. So one became five, five became 10, 10 became 50 by the time 2012 rolled around. So um, at that point, yeah, I was, I was ready to go get my own brokerage at that point. I, I, you know, had to do something. So I went and got my tests done, my classes done, everything, everything but walking into the department and getting my license. And then I got a call from another company and they said, Hey, you want to come work for us instead? Gave me a little bit better deal than I had at the previous one. And I yeah. said, sure, you guys can handle all the audits and sales taxes and all the stuff that goes with property management specifically. Yeah. And I'll be the people person. But, um, and it's been great. I mean, I, I didn't leave my last broker because of anything negative. Like I have nothing but good things to say about them. Um, they're doing a lot of awesome things to change the way the industry works and, um, is perceived. So definitely nothing on that. It just came down to wanting a little more autonomy and wanting to do something for ourselves. My wife and I just were kind of like, yeah, now's, now's a good time to start doing that. Both of our kids are coming up. One's going to be 19, one's gonna be 17. We're trying to think, okay, what's, what's the next 20 years look like? Um, before hopefully we can get out of business completely yeah. <laughs> or at least, or at least, uh, step back and get some vacation in. Um, and so we basically just said, now's the time to start looking in, and doing something else. So that's where we're at now. It took us a couple of months to get things up and running, but 
Luckily, all my previous education still counted. I yeah. didn't have to go back and do my classes. I did have to retest, but I didn't all have to go back. All the broken classes from when you did them yeah, that a, many years ago. There's a 10-year. The department allows for 10 years between when you take the classes and when the education expires. Well, that's a blessing. So I took them in 2012, so I was what? Six, yeah, six seven, seven, years, seven in. years in. Yeah, so. So in the name, okay, so 410, 410 Real Estate and Property Management mm-hmm. is the name of the new brokerage, and you guys mm-hmm. opened last week officially friday with the department of real estate last friday uh-huh. um, but yesterday was when all of our property management paperwork moved from the old brokerage to the new so kind of yesterday was our our launch officially. congratulations how'd you come up with the name so um i thought you'd ask so i went ahead and brought oh, it here but, we um, go. it actually comes out of the new testament it comes okay. out of first peter four ten. Okay. i'll just read it real fast one verse it just basically says as as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of god's varied grace so it basically comes down that we all have gifts that we're given and um, we need to use those gifts to be good stewards and to operate with grace with the people we come around, which really applies to property management a lot. Which, so. I mean, and it's great that you say that. I mean, we're in a, a very interesting industry of emotion and we run into, you can tell when people have the mindset of, of being a steward to other people and, and, and coming from a very helpful person at our place of, of, how they want to do business. Um, and we deal with a lot of motions and when it comes to your clients or even taking the leap of faith to, to open that brokerage, did you go back and forth on, should we do this? Should we not do this? It's easy to, it's easy to stay somewhere your whole life, whether that's at a brokerage because it's comfortable or whether that's in corporate America with a nine to five job, like, I'm sure you went back and forth with those emotions. Like, tell us about that process of how did you, and I'm sure this really kept talking, speaking to you. Like, tell us about that. Yeah. So, I mean, we did kind of go back and forth. In fact, you know, if we're honest, we probably the last couple of years have been just thinking, hey, are we going to be here forever? What are we going to do next? Um, and it just, it came down to kind of my belief and our belief that successful people don't avoid risk. Yeah. I and mean, that's just kind of how it comes down to. If you don't take risk, then you don't move forward typically. Uh, even if you fall flat on your face, you know, hopefully you're falling f- flat on your face forward rather yeah. than backward. Um, and so for us, it was, it was just a, a timing decision. And again, having our kids getting ready to move out of the house and one more year with our younger son and um, in the home. Although everybody keeps reminding me, the kids never leave the house. That's what they say. Because <laughs> so. you, you guys will make good food for them, and there'll be food in the fridge. Food in the fridge, roof over their head, yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi, you know, Yeah, exactly, things. exactly. Phone so. bill. There'll always yeah. be that food. I don't know about the phone bill. I don't know if we'll cover <laughs> that for a long time. That's an easier one to cut off. Yeah, that's exactly right. But no, it's, it, you know, just a timing decision that it came down to, and just, you know, our faith does have a lot to do with our decision. Our faith does say that, you know, we kind of feel like if we step out in a direction that we feel like God's got us going, that we'll, you know, he's going to catch us when we go. So that's kind of. Well, and, and isn't it true that that feeling is once that seed is planted inside of you, like it always just comes back, whether it's it started two years ago and then six months later, you have that thought again. And then six months later, you have that thought. And then three months later, you have that thought. It, I feel like once it once it starts inside your head, it's going to it's going to grow. And it's going to sprout out of the ground and then it's, and then it's sky's the limit from there. So do you, do you wish you did it earlier in your career? No, I don't. And the, well, the reason, main reason is I don't know that I would have been ready professionally to, to have done that. There's a lot. I'm learning this last couple of months, yeah. especially there's a lot that goes into starting your own brokerage. 
from you know legal requirements, sales tax filings when you're doing property management, the accounting that you at least have to have a fundamental understanding of, even if that's not, you know, I do have a bookkeeper, so that's fantastic. Yeah. And my wife and I said, how will we have done this without her? Because she's kind of helped us move through a lot of this stuff because that's just not pieces of the business that we've handled before. Uh, and then plus just general maturity level, you know, being younger, still working with younger kids, a bunch of different commitments. It's tough to go out and, and do your own thing 100%. Uh, the right way when you don't have a lot of experience. So it's been a good decision to kind of hold off as long as we did, I think. Okay. And what would you say to individuals who, you know, I think the the key here is, is between the individuals who stay in that comfort zone for so long, would you agree that people would have, will have entrepreneurship tendencies as opposed to being true entrepreneurs? And I think the difference is that ability to take the risk, all the risk, because us as salespeople, you know, many salespeople in call centers will be commissioned salespeople, mm -hmm. or if you work in insurance, insurance or anything like that, you, you'll be commissioned. But when you take on all the expenses, all the legal risk, all that stuff, you are turning your, your sales entrepreneurship tendencies into being a full on entrepreneur and figuring it out on your own. Like, how would you tell people who may be thinking that or have that seed that has already been planted inside of them where they keep going back to something and they, they know something's missing in their life, what would you, how would you help them in recognizing that? So I feel like there's stupid risk and then there's calculated risk, okay. right? So I don't think just because you have an idea that pops in your head, you just should abandon everything else and run for it. Some people will tell you, just go after your dreams. You yeah. know? And I'm like, okay, that can maybe work. I'd prefer to at least know where you're trying to land is possible first. Um, and then start to put the pieces into place. So even over these last six or seven years with the previous brokerage, it's been, okay, we've had these thoughts. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So we start building systems in the background that allow us to make that move on our own eventually. I think that's what, what is going to be hopefully more successful for us is just having that foundation laid before mm -hmm. we took the leap. So there's a difference between just saying, hey, I want to do that and jumping off the cliff, yeah. you know, and then looking down and saying, oh, there's no water under there. There's <laughs> just rocks. So now we're in trouble. So and saying, okay, I'm going to jump, but here I've got this, you know, parachute or whatever you happen to have that helps you get to where you need to be. So that's, that's a good perspective that a lot of people may not, may not hear because there are a lot of people who just say, just jump right into it, jump right into it. I experienced that in golf. I don't know if, if anybody listening knows that, I mean, everybody's on social media knows that I'm a golfer, but you know, when I graduated college, I played professionally for about a year and a half mm -hmm. and I, you know, that was right after there's just not money. There's not that much money in golf, golf, playing golf professionally is like playing double A baseball mm -hmm. and working two part-time jobs and struggling. And, and for me, I just didn't have the financial backing to, to keep doing it for the rest of my life. And I, and at that time I was 22, 23, and I had known 50 guys myself who were 10 years older, 15 years older, 20 years older, who still were trying to do the dream almost jumping off the cliff with no with no calculation on okay what's the probability that that I'm going to succeed here what are the all the other all the other factors that I need to consider that will tell me if I should do this and I give all props to anybody who tries to do it and they give their life to it because if you die trying like and you're good with that and you're at peace with that that then you're happy great like I I applaud that but all the individuals who may be in the middle and they, for, 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 I mean, without saying anything vulgar, like half asset, like those are the people that you're never going to get to the top of the mountain and 
you're always going to be stuck in the middle. So deciding, yeah, I didn't want, I can, I can die trying playing golf and get to age 55 and not have a family. Like that was a hard decision, but you have to take that calculated risk and a year and a half into it. I let golf go and created a, a career and, and made that calculated decision. So I think that translates to the entrepreneurship side of, I mean, what Jason says, taking that calculated risk is it's okay to risk everything, but make sure it's not a dumb decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would definitely say too, that, um, you know, if, if you have to have, you have to, like I said, have your systems in place. And even you as a golfer, like your golf is still, it's a business that you're trying to build yourself with a talent that you've been given and yeah. that you've honed and that you've worked on. And that's the same for any business owner as well. We have a talent, may not be swinging a golf club. Anybody who's golfed with me can tell you that's not my <laughs> talent. Um, but ironically, you have a friend playing in the PGA Championship today. I do have a friend playing in the PGA. Shout out to Craig Hocknell, uh, representing Gilbert and there Sabre go, Golf Craig. out there. So there you go. Um, but um, yeah, so I think it's, you know, sometimes we think, uh, you know, every business is different. It really boils down to you have a talent that you've been given and you can hone it and then you can hopefully move toward doing something for yourself. And I feel like if you make your decision based on how well the resulting company or endeavor is going to serve other people, that helps more than how's it going to serve me. I've never, I've told everybody, like I could go out there and figure out how to have a thousand properties under management and become a huge warehouse of things and do all these different things and make tons of money. Do I want to do that to sacrifice where I can't have you call and say, Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Your property on 123 Main Street's doing great. Here's exactly what's happening. Yeah. I don't want to sacrifice that. So I didn't start my own company to suddenly make tons of money. Yeah. Granted, you know, you make a little more money, hopefully, when you're doing hopefully. it yourself, yeah. if you're doing it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's not the decision. The decision was made is how do I serve my clients better? How do I serve the community better? And how do I create some margin for myself eventually? Don't ask me this the last couple of weeks. <laughs> so margin, I don't really have any of it right now. But eventually to create margin to spend time with my family and enjoy these last couple of years of the kids being still students at home. So if you're clients of Jason, you should be appreciating this guy because he's right. I mean, he's, you're, you're doing it to better service your clients, better serve your family. And it usually, if you make those decisions with that in mind, hopefully, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. you end up benefiting from it financially. But I think, I think with social media and, and everything that's going on in the world, you know, a lot of it is around the glamour and happiness is to what you have and how much money you make. But I think in reality, it's about how happy you are, how much time you can spend your family. If you have a family, if you, if whatever makes you happy, if, if traveling make is, makes you happy, if working 24 hours makes you happy, if making a ton of money is the one thing that makes you happy, go for it. But recognizing what makes you happy and, and going all in on it, I think that's a key to kind of what, why mm-hmm. you joined or started the brokerage. I feel like at the end of the day, it comes down to all that's going to matter is your relationship with God and your relationship with people. All this other stuff that happens, the money you make, all this stuff isn't going to matter. So what can you do to create better relationships with people and to be able to devote more time? I've got a bug to serve around the world. I love doing mission trips and things like that. So hopefully doing this now kind of preps me a few years from now to be able to get back out and do some more of that stuff too. So that's kind of where the decision making came from was autonomy and you know, freedom to do some things as well as serve our, serve our clients well. So that's awesome to hear. If anybody is just wants to pick your brain on things of, of how you're doing, what you're doing or what you're experiencing, where can they contact you? So they can uh, contact me email 410realestate at gmail.com or they can call our office at 480-382-0115. They get option two. It goes right to my cell. Okay. I don't know that I'd be the 
the end all be all when it comes to being able to say what I'm doing. I'm still learning a lot right now, yeah. but um, I feel like thus far it's gone as smoothly as it could have gone. Yeah. Um, still challenges, technology being one of them. So I think it's cool to, for, it's cool because you're going through it right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the cool thing. Cause a lot of people will tell you the stories about what they did, but you're experiencing right now. So it's, it's, if anybody's interested or talking to Jason, he's a wealth of knowledge. Um, one last question on the real estate side for investors. You, you deal with a lot of investors. You mm-hmm. have a lot of rental properties. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do it? How do you deal? Like, what's your system with dealing all with all the tenants, with repairs and all that stuff? Like, how, how do you do it just for the investors who may be out there who may be curious? Like, what's your system? So it boils down to, again, it goes right into our name, right? So it goes, boils down to being a steward for our owners, right? And treating all of our clients with grace and dignity. I'm sorry, clients, tenants with our grace and dignity. I feel like there's too many times where you go one way or the other. There's property managers out there that will side with the owner at all costs and the tenants don't matter and they just, you know, they're just dirt as far as they're concerned. Uh, I read about it all the time on Facebook, people saying, my landlord won't fix the air conditioning. It's been out for two weeks, you You know, all all kinds of stuff, you know, and it's like, no, the clients that I will work with, the investors I'll work with are people who understand that their tenants are important, that the home is an investment and that, you know, within reason, uh, things need to happen to keep that property up. Now we're not going to go out and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to do frivolous things. That's part of being the steward, but we are going to make sure that the tenants are taken care of to the best of our ability within circumstances we can control and, um, just treat everybody with dignity and respect is what it really boils down to. So that's, that's very respectable to hear. You don't hear that a lot from a lot of gunslinger property managers and stuff like that. So if anybody has any investment questions for Jason and far, as far as uh, real estate, obviously Arizona is a great place to invest right mm-hmm. now. It's it growing. Is tremendously. I just saw, I think uh, I know a guy that can help with financing. For just maybe just, too. maybe just a little bit, maybe just a little bit. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions, uh, reach out to Jason. He is tagged in this Facebook post. Um, if you are listening on, on Apple, don't, for, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple. This podcast will be probably be up in the next couple of days. Um, subscribe to our podcast, please share it. Um, I saw this post posted by um, one of my other real estate friends, Addie, and this is great. How to support friends in small, our friends, small business for free, sharing a post, liking a post, repost, tag a friend, comment a, a nice word, comment an emoji, post a pic, shout out to them, refrain from negativity, all cost $0 to support your friend's small business. So if you are somebody who has a friend who is a small business owner, uh, Jason's business, my business, anybody take the time to, to give them a shout out because you never know how, how far that little comment, that little share will go for their business. And imagine if you were that one person who connected the dot to something that changed their business forever. Um, do it, do it, please do. Hopefully- You can also adjust the way you shop a little bit. It doesn't take much more money, if any, to go to a local restaurant instead of a chain or you know, something like that. So s- small business owners, especially Gilbert is really good about supporting small business owners. And I love that about our town. Yeah. Um, and so that's easy to do too. Just pick yeah. a local Italian restaurant instead of a chain restaurant or something. You know? That's what I'm saying. We were at a, we had a meeting um, with our with some uh, corporate executives for our company, and I just kept te- talking about Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert. And they're like, "What are you a sponsor for Gilbert?" <laughs> like I'm like, "No, it's just growing so much, and they're they're so supportive of local businesses." So we love Gilbert. Jason's business is in Gilbert. Off, uh, if I remember correctly, Gilbert and Warner. That's correct. Yeah, I remembered. Yeah. Um, so again, just put the sign up yesterday. So we're oh, official now. We're there now. So. I might have to go get some content for social media. There you go. Uh, but <laughs> you guys, uh, we'll catch you tomorrow at three o'clock. Josh Wallace is coming in town. We're going to talk about life, fear, 
Um, Josh works in assisted living homes, so if anybody's uh, interested in that, we'll probably talk about that a little bit. Uh, last quick shout out to our sponsors, Empire West Title, Insurance Professionals of Arizona, and Platinum Home Warranty. You guys are awesome for supporting the show. Jason, thanks for coming on. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. My name is Andrew Agostiniak, and I'm the branch manager at Prime Lending. Have a great evening. We'll catch you tomorrow.